Now, uh, it, we live in a divisive world, yes? <laughs> yeah, uh, so in the midst of a divisive world that we live in, we can recognize our differences while also standing strong to some of our foundational things that bind us together as Christians. Now, one essential piece of our faith as Christians is Scripture. Now, for this teaching time, I want us to keep in mind this verse found in Romans. These are Paul's words. And he says, Whatever was written in the past was written for our instruction so that we could have hope through endurance and through the encouragement of the scriptures. Now, I love this verse. This verse, uh, any verse that says we can find hope, I, I love. And it says that we can find hope within the scriptures and that it seems pretty simple. But it's not. We know that it's a little bit more complicated than that. So I want you to raise your hand if you have ever found the Bible confusing. I'm I'm looking for who's not raising their hand out there. Uh, Okay, raise your hand if you've ever found hope or if you've ever been inspired in any way by Scripture. Now, you don't have to raise your hand for this one, but I do want want you to think about this question. Have you ever had the Bible used against you to harm you? And then think about this last question. Have you ever used the Bible to hurt or judge someone else? Now, we may all agree that Scripture is important, part of our faith journey, but we don't agree on everything when it comes to Scripture. There is a spectrum of beliefs of what we believe about uh, the Bible, about Scripture. And you guys all know that uh, icebreaker game when you're at a meeting and, and, and they say, okay, go to this side of the room if you feel like this, and go to this side of the room if you feel like this, and then line yourself up along the spectrum. Don't worry. I know I already made you raise your hand. I'm not going to make you get up. But I want you to imagine, right? I want you to imagine, like, where we might all fall in this room. And on one side of the spectrum, you you might have uh, people who believe that humans wrote the Bible with no divine inspiration, yet Scripture is significant for Christians, Then maybe uh, here you might have people who believe that God inspired the concepts of the Bible and allowed, through that inspiration, writers to write. And maybe you believe that God inspired the writers to write the words of Scripture. And maybe you believe that God partnered with the writers to write the words. And then over here on this other end of the spectrum, maybe you believe that God divinely dictated, as in God dictated and the human wrote the exact words that we have today. Now, there, there's just, that's just some of the viewpoints that we can argue along this spectrum. There are other things that fit in this as well. But there's also another issue, 
Do you take uh, the, the words in the scripture, do you take that, those words literally? So is the Bible true or is the Bible full of truths? So if, if the Bible is true, as in you, uh, all the events happened exactly as presented, then the argument on the other side is if this is the case, then where does science fit in? Or do you believe that the Bible is full of truths? As in every story and every passage, we find the truth about the nature of who God is and how God relates to humans. Now, Scripture is essential. It is foundational, but it is also complicated and confusing. Many adults uh, uh, don't, many adult Christians don't pick up their Bible often because when we pick it up, we want to find that hope that we read about in that first verse. But instead of finding hope or instead of finding inspiration, sometimes we just read it and we come away confused and, and we think this is really complicated and what do I get out of this? Now, if it's tough for adults, imagine what it's like for kids. Now, I grew up in the church, and in third grade, just as we do here at Horizons, I was presented a Bible. And after we were presented our Bibles, the pastor sat us down and told us this story. And he said that there was a pastor a long time ago who gave out Bibles to third graders just like us. And years went by, and these third graders grew up, and the pastor went to visit them and their homes. And he went to one uh, adult who had received a, a Bible as a third grader, and the pastor walks in, and he's like, I thank you, pastor, so much for giving me my third grade Bible. It means so much to me. I know that scripture is important, and I just really appreciate this Bible. And he goes, and he gets the Bible off his shelf, and, and he hands it. He's like, I've been really careful to, to not rip the pages and, and keep it uh, nice and crisp and new looking and he hands the Bible to to the pastor and the pastor you know notices that there's a little dust on the top of the Bible and then he goes to uh, another adult who had received a third grade Bible and this the guy says the same thing right hey like thank you so much pastor this Bible meant so much to me I know this is really important to our to to the faith journey to have scripture and he he gets the Bible off of his end table next to his recliner and he hands the Bible to the pastor and the cover is ripped and it's taped up and the pages are torn and falling apart and there's bookmarks that are like falling out of the Bible and and uh, there's ink marks and marker all over the pages. And the point of the story, of course, was that the pastor was trying to tell us as third graders that, that, that he wanted us to use our Bibles, to read them, and not just sit them on a shelf. And I took that to heart. I started highlighting and underlining in my third grade Bible. I, I didn't get very far, but every Bible that I was given or I purchased after that, I would highlight and I would underline in that. We, we want our kids to, to know the Bible. We, we, we want them to open it up and be inspired by the words and have the words speak to them. But imagine... 
imagine this happening. Imagine you give your third grader a Bible and they open it up to, I don't know, the book of Song of Songs. And without any context, they read a, a passage like this. Your statue is like that of the palm and your breasts like clusters of fruit. I said, I will climb the palm tree. I will take hold of its fruit. May your breasts be like clusters of grapes on the vine, the fragrance of your breath like apples, and your mouth like the best wine. A third grader is going to think, what am I supposed to do with these words? Like, what did they teach me about God or about my faith? Now, here's something on the other end of the spectrum. A child may hear a parent or a guardian or another adult in their life uh, quoting scripture. Maybe the verse that says, whoever spares the rod spoils the child. And then they say to the child that uh, it's God's will for them, that those very words are found in that book that they are holding. There's power in scripture. But just with, with any type of power, when misused, it can do uh, unintentional or intentional harm. So we have to understand where the Bible comes from. Like, what, what is it? How do we use it? Where all of the things, all of the questions about Scripture we need to be asking. So the book of Deuteronomy was adopted as the Word of God about uh, 621 B.C. Then the Torah, or the law, the first five books of what we now call the Old Testament, were uh, adopted around 400 B.C. Then the prophets around 200 B.C., and the writings around 100 B.C. Of course, all of these dates are approximate. And then the New Testament, as we know it, uh, was formed and adopted by church councils between 200 and 400 A.D. Again, it didn't happen at one time or one place, but throughout those years. Now, the Bible was not, obviously, written in English. The Bible was written in Hebrew and Greek and Aramaic. The Bible was not written at one time. It was written over a span of a thousand years or so. The Bible is a collection of books. It's a library of books containing laws and history and worship songs and proverbs and prayers and legends and sermons and letters and firsthand accounts and secondhand accounts and so on. The Bible was written uh, uh, by about 40 different authors. And the Bible does require human interpretation. And this is where things get a little tricky, uh, because how I interpret Scripture is going to be different than how someone else interprets Scripture. If we randomly flip open our Bible and we just start reading a verse— we may be inspired by what we read, but there's a good chance that we may not. 
If you flip open your news feed or you open up a website, uh, the, the news website, and you click on the sports tab or, or uh, the, the news tab instead of the weather tab, you're not going to know how to dress for the day. And it's similar with the Bible. When we read the Bible seeking purpose or direction, we need to know what we are reading. We need to know what we're clicking on when we open it up. As in, who's the author? What was happening at the time in the culture, in the place? Uh, Who was the audience? Like, what was the purpose of the book? What was the genre of the book? When we take time to answer these questions, it will help us to know how to apply the scriptures to our lives. And when we do that, when we take time to ask those questions before we read scriptures, uh, suddenly, or sometimes really, really slowly, our eyes and our hearts are open. They're open to the wonder about the story. They're open to the beauty that we can find in the middle of chaos. And before you know it, when we do this, our lives start transforming. And we start living into the kingdom life right now. When we answer these questions as we dig into scripture, it transforms our hearts And it transforms our hearts. That's what it's supposed to do. It's not supposed to help us dictate others' lives. The Bible should serve as a conversation starter, not a conversation ender. We've we've said it or we've heard it said God says it, I believe it, that settles it. We've heard it, right? And then maybe after that, somebody will quote a Bible verse uh, as the answer to a complex question or problem. But when someone says that, it discourages us from disagreement and dialogue and growth. And Jesus didn't use the scripture as it says it and that is the end of it. In fact, think about all of the questions that Jesus asked when someone questioned him about the law, one of the laws found in the ancient scriptures. Almost always, instead of Jesus saying, here it is, that's the end of it, almost always Jesus turns it back to them and asks a question about what they think. Now, Jesus did not have the New Testament uh, that we know. The, it was, the New Testament was not written until after he died and had been resurrected. Now, if, you, um, if you've picked up one of these devotional books, uh, you, you'll know and you'll understand. If not, there's more out that you can pick up on your way out. But this devotional book does a couple things. First of all, it gets us in the Word this, this Lenten season, which is good. But it also has a different... Uh, accounts of the same passage, and you'll find things that don't agree within our scripture, within our text. Now, if you read last week's uh, uh, verse verses, 
Last week, we read about Jesus in the wilderness. When Jesus was tempted by Satan, and, and Jesus uses scripture to stand against the tempter. So this passage is found in Matthew chapter 4, verses 1 through 4. It says, Then the Spirit led Jesus up into the wilderness, so that the devil might tempt him. After Jesus had fasted for 40 days and 40 nights, he was starving. The tempter came to him and said, Since you are God's son, command these stones to become bread. Jesus replied, It is written, People don't live only by bread, but by every word spoken by God. Now here Jesus is quoting Deuteronomy. These are some of the scriptures that Jesus would have known as scriptures. And Deuteronomy, the book of Deuteronomy, talks a lot about the times where people, God's people, were tested and failed. But Jesus, in this passage that we just read, Jesus did not fail. He remained faithful and became the model for all believers. Jesus came to help us because we cannot do it on our own as proven all throughout Scripture. So here's what the United Methodist Church says about Scripture. Now, if you remember last week, I talked about uh, in 1968, we became the United Methodist Church, and we adopted both the Articles of Religion and the Confession of Faith. So uh, in our book of discipline, it says this, our standards affirm the Bible as the source of all that is necessary and sufficient unto salvation and is to be received through the Holy Spirit as the true rule and guide for faith and practice. So as United Methodist, we believe that Scripture holds everything necessary for us to have salvation. That is the hope that we read about in our first verse. But we also need the Holy Spirit. Both are necessary when we turn to the scriptures looking for hope. We need to know that both everything we need to know about salvation is found in scripture, but we also come to scripture with the guidance of the Holy Spirit. So the Book of Discipline also says this, that we interpret individual texts in light of their place in the Bible as a whole. Context matters. We cannot take one line or one passage of scripture and use it against people. In light of the whole text, we have to look at scripture. So if we are looking at the laws in Leviticus, the 600 and some laws in Leviticus, when we're looking at those laws, we have to think about Jesus and the story of Jesus and the woman at the well, where at that moment, Jesus is breaking all sorts of cultural boundaries. And then if we're reading about Jesus healing on the Sabbath, we need to know the importance of the Sabbath that's found in our Old Testament. Like, why was Jesus talking about the Sabbath laws in this way? 
We need to know uh, the text in light of all the rest of the text. So the Book of Discipline of the United Methodist Church also says this, while we acknowledge the primacy of scripture in theological reflection, our attempts to grasp its meaning always involve tradition, experience, and reason. This is what we call, as United Methodists, the Wesleyan quadrilateral. Scripture, tradition, experience, and reason. Now, all four of these are not treated equal. Scripture is our foundation. That is the primary thing that we we go toward. Uh, But we interpret Scripture based on our own experiences, tradition, and reasons, and reason. Now, your experience matters when reading scripture. Your thoughts and reason matter when reading scripture. Your experience is going to be different than your neighbor's. And we will interpret scripture differently because God created us different. And we can be okay with that because of the grace of God that God offers to us and that we are to offer to others. Now, Derek will be sharing more next week about grace and free will, and I'm really excited for that because that is an important part. Now, I, I want to admit something. I'll probably admit this um, every three or four months or so. Um, I really struggled with this message today. I struggled with the, the sermon. I didn't actually finish it until about 8 o'clock last night, and that's uh, uh, unusual for, for me. And, and so I was thinking about this scripture passage, like the first verse that we talked about. And so I went back to that verse. Here it is again. It says, Whatever was written in the past was written for our instruction so that we could have hope through endurance and through the encouragement of the scriptures. So I started thinking about this verse. And I, like I said at the beginning, I I love that it has hope in it. I love that it focuses on the hope. But then I thought, you know, this verse and other verses like this, talking about the importance of Scripture, if we're not careful, could cause some real harm. Now, this verse could be used to uh, tell others, instruct others, that we are to follow the Bible or else. So I read the entire passage So the Apostle Paul says to the church in Rome, he says, We who are powerful need to be patient with the weakness of those who do not have power and not please ourselves. Each of us should please our neighbor for their good in order to build them up. Christ didn't please himself, but as it is written, the insults of those who insulted you fell on me. Here's the verse. Whatever was written in the past was written for our instruction so that we could have hope through endurance and through the encouragement of the scriptures. May the God of endurance and encouragement 
give you the same attitude toward each other, similar to Christ Jesus's attitude. All of the holy scriptures, the Old Testament and the New Testament, all of the scriptures point us to Jesus, which means all of the scripture is important to our faith. It brings us closer to God and allows us to understand God's love story for humans. Scripture gives us the foundation for building our life as we model Christ's attitude. That is the point of Scripture. That is why Scripture is foundational to us as followers of Christ. And there's a lot of hope in that. Would you join me in prayer? God of hope and love, God of endurance and patience, we are thankful for the words that we have. We're thankful that we have the ability to study them and to grow our faith through them. God, we, we know that they're, they're, it's complicated, it's not easy, it's not simply laid out for us like some sort of uh, instruction manual for life. But rather, it reveals your nature, that you are loving, that you are kind, that you are just, that you are patient. But more importantly, God, we ask that you would move us toward Jesus closer to a relationship with Jesus and closer to, to acting the way that Jesus acts. God, it is not easy. It is complicated. But God, you are good, and we know that you will walk with us as we wrestle with these important texts. God, we say all of this in Jesus' name. Amen.